Hey everybody, I'm Anna McEwen. And now for Bob Switzer with the epic narrative. Well, hello, hello, hello. We are right again up against Genesis and we are so excited once uh, I just I just love telling the story. And when I see these chapters, I think, oh, this is like I remember this and I remember this and I remember this. It's just so much fun. I'm so glad you guys are here. I hope you are also enjoying the epic narrative. And of course, if you're here, you probably are. So let's tell some other people. It would be awesome to get a bunch more people signed on to the epic narrative. I mean, now you can binge it. Now you can binge it. Like you could listen to 60 plus hours on the life of David, right? Some of you have already done that. That's crazy. And now we're well into Genesis. What are we? What are we? Episode, what, 40-something right now? 41, I think we are. This is awesome. So grab a friend. Tell him to, hey, you got to listen to this guy. A little nutty at times, but it's a fun run. So here we go. We're going to keep on running. Chapter 27. Now, if you remember, end of chapter 26, we saw that uh, you know Esau had married a couple local women. Hittites, and they were a constant source of <laughs> of unhappiness, both for his father who favored him and his mother who didn't favor him. But but I just uh, just want to remind you, like we've got years of life that have been going on here, years of of patterns, and so when we see patterns in the story, what it tells us is this is this is significant like we're telling you this little snippet because it's significant to the overall uh narrative to the to the pattern of life that they were used to doing so the pattern of life was isaac was the dad isaac uh decided where the family would go isaac uh, made the calls joe uh, jacob hung out uh mostly with his dad honestly in and around the tents and the the shepherds and traders and merchants would all interact with with, with Jacob, he understood what was going on. His mother was very wise and and um, beautiful, but for sure. And and that was Jacob's kind of interaction with the world, generally speaking. And Esau was a pr- tremendous provider. The family definitely benefited from Esau. It wasn't like everybody hated Esau and hated, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Jacob and Esau always hated each other. I'm not saying that they got along great and were best friends, but they they didn't try to kill each other. They recognized each other's strengths. And in recognizing each other's strengths, I think Jacob constantly found evidence as to why he should be the one who is in charge of the family. Now, now he got the birthright. He got the birthright in kind of a flippant exchange. But again, I don't think he asked for the birthright one time. I think he probably asked for it dozens of times. Because he wanted to be the firstborn. He wanted to have the responsibilities of the firstborn. And Esau finally gives it to him. Because in Esau's mind, the plan is, I get blessed. I get the family uh, wealth, the family name, the family position. And you get to do all the boring stuff. Go to meetings, write contracts, figure out, you know, birthing uh, patterns of the of the cows and the goats and the sheep and all that stuff like he's like I just I don't I'm not into that I'm not into that all right so this is their life 
Now we fast forward again, a ton of years. Uh, Isaac is 123 years old when it comes to chapter 27. Now just 26, he he was like in his uh, in his 60s or 70s. No, 70s, 70s or 80s in chapter 26. So and you know Rebecca's still gorgeous, and he was afraid that people were gonna take her to kill him to to take her. So he you know lied, and we you can listen to last week's episode if you want all those details. So we're <laughs> I'm sorry. I get so excited about these stories. All right. I'm not really sorry. I know I say that, but I'm not. I, I, I say I'm sorry to re uh, reset my brain onto the today's episode. All right. So he's 123 years old. He's going blind, like literally blind. He can't do he can't do the stuff that he's supposed to do to lead the family. And that's what that's what's unsettling to him. He's he's got uh, lots of reasons now to kind of be bummed out. We, I guess we'd call it depressed, right? He's he's 123. He's been strong. He's been active. He's been you know leading the clan. The clan is expanding as far as the, uh, you know its its prominence and its wealth and its influence and its interactions on the plane. He has a really good contract slash uh, agreement with the Philistines. They get along great. Everybody's prospering. There hasn't been famine for a lot of years. And he goes blind. This is this is devastating. And for me, that you know, that makes sense, right? You're you're used to a certain level of I'll just call it manliness. I know for women that are listening, you're like, what? But you know what I'm talking about. The ego of the male is ridiculous, right? We at some level we know that. But then we also think it's ridiculously awesome, and, and then we think we shouldn't do anything about it. And the women roll their eyes and are like, you do realize you're not in control of anything, right? I am. And we're like, deep down, we might realize that, but, you know, on the surface, we, we like to live by the ego. So Isaac has his, a pretty big blow. And when you know your eyesight's going which it seems to have been a, a period of time that, that Isaac was losing his eyesight. It wasn't like he had an accident of some sort or an event that caused his eyesight to go. He He's in this moment where he starts to lose his eyesight, and he probably notices it, uh, we'll just say, in the distance. Jacob mentions, you know, a bird or, uh, you know, in the sky, or he mentions the uh, some smoke off on the horizon, and, and Isaac realizes, I can't I can't see it. I don't see it. And I imagine the blindness is something that Rebecca started to notice. And of course, Jacob and Esau started to notice. And so they knew their dad was going blind. And, and at first you kind of ignore it and you, or you might kind of laugh it off. But and at some level you realize, listen, dad, you can't, you can't do what you used to do. I can't have you wandering the fields because you don't know where you are, where you are anymore. I mean, that's, that's a legitimate concern. You could wander off a cliff. You could wander into a snake uh, pit. Not a pit. What do they call them? Like a, a den. That's what it is. You could just trip and fall, bang your head. Like we, we, you, you can't, you can't go out anymore. So he, he started to stay closer to the tents where he could kind of still make things out, and and the servants had to remember to introduce themselves because he couldn't recognize them. Like those, those are the sort of life choices that you have to start 
making when you start losing your eyesight, especially in this culture. He couldn't go into Philistines uh, cities and have banquets because he couldn't he couldn't really know he didn't really know where he was. He didn't know who he was talking to. So these would have been roles that Jacob would have taken on. <clears throat> these would have been responsibilities that Jacob would have taken on as the one who owns the birthright. <clears throat> but the 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 what do we want to say? The uh, the card up the sleeve was the blessing. <laughs> Every time I hear the word blessing, it remi it reminds me of uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where the where the grandfather's like. They want you to say the blessing. And she starts to sing the Star Spangled Banner, I think it is. Oh, no, the Pledge of Allegiance. That's that's what it is. Uh, all right, on with this story. How did we get that, that story mixed into this one? That's pretty crazy. I also think that at, at, at 123 years old, Isaac remembers that his mom died at 127. And that's a normal thing that a lot of people go through. Uh, when they get to the age of their the death of their parent, they start to, they just automatically kind of shift into a different mindset. Like, wow, like this is when my dad died. Even if the you know they died of, shall we say like you know uh, tragic deaths, there's something about the death of a parent that's like, wow, I have a good friend that you know lost his dad as and, and his dad it, it was a tragedy. But when that, you know, when, when that friend turned that age, it was very significant because he realized he had, you know, outlived his father's life. Like the rest of his life, he was going to be, he was going to be plowing up new ground because his father never lived that long. It's, it's significant. And I think that was in Isaac's mind. He can't see, he's getting older. His mother died around this age. So he's got all this all this kind of stuff weighing on him. He doesn't feel like a man. He doesn't feel like a leader. He doesn't know who's in his tent. He doesn't know what servant just brought him food. He he just kind of he's just kind of sitting there all day. So Isaac says, verse two, or no, sorry, the rest of verse one. Good grief. I didn't even start finish that. So when Isaac was old, his eyes were so weak he could no longer see. He called for Esau, his son, and said to him, my son, here am I, he said. Dad, I'm right here. It's, it's, the, it's a sense that he was a lot closer than Isaac knew, but Isaac couldn't see him. He said, I am now an old man. No kidding. And don't know the day of my death. Also a true statement for everyone. Now, get your equipment, your quiver and bow. Go out to the open country. Hunt me some game. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. So I think that that in the care and, and uh, love of Isaac that Rebecca had, they had adjusted his diet. They had... They had, uh, you know, whatever. They had ideas as to how to help him improve, how to help his, his uh, maybe his breathing, maybe his eyesight. They might have had some, some uh, I'll call them legends, as to how the eyesight could be, be improved. I remember carrots were a big thing when I was growing up. Everybody had to eat carrots for your eyesight. Now, I, I don't know if they've, I think somewhere along the line, 
it was like, well, there is something in there that kind of helps, but, you know, you'd have to eat so many carrots. <laughs> I don't think, you know, gnawing on a few for snacks was going to ever really help our eyesight. But that sort of mindset, I think, is was probably a part of the care of Isaac. They were taking care of him. And he's realizing, I'm probably never really going to get out of this. These these formulas, the, the salves, we'll call them, that they put on my eyes, the food I'm eating, I don't even like, they, you know, I don't get any exercise, I'm putting on weight, mom's, you know, put me on a, on a restrictive calorie diet, and I'm not, I don't like it, and there's just a lot going on here, and he's bummed out, and he calls in Esau, and he's like, hey, I, I want you to go out, and I want you to hunt me something I like, I want you to cook it the way I like it, out on the open field, seasoned with the stuff that you use, and then I want you to bring it back here. And I think internally, uh, Isaac is is going with this. He's he's thinking, I've got one more play in my hands. I get I get to give the blessing to somebody. I get to give it to some some anyone. I'm going to give it to you. That's always been the plan. So let's do the plan now. Like I, I you know, Isaac honestly lives for a while after this. But internally, I think he was looking for an opportunity to, to make a decision that would once again f- feed him in, in the ego sense that, that he'd be like, yes, I made something happen. I haven't been able to do anything for years, and I'm going to do something now. So he's like, prepare me some amazing food like you do and I you know that I love and I want you to bring it back here and I'm going to give you the my blessing before you before I die. So Rebecca is listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, I overheard what your father said said to Esau. So there's lots of there's lots of ideas as to where Rebecca was. Was she hiding? Was she, um, you know, in essence, working right next to the the area of the tent where Isaac was being cared for? Because he probably wasn't in his own tent. They had probably reconfigured the tent so that Isaac could be cared for on a regular basis because he can't see where he's going. And if he needs help going to the bathroom, if he wants something to eat, if he if he falls asleep, whatever, like, or if somebody does come to see him, Basically, Rebecca is the caregiver, and the servants have to be around. So I I think that they're fairly close on a general sense anyway. And Rebecca always kind of ha- always had an ear to what was going on in that room because they she didn't want anybody to take advantage of him in his in his depressive state, in his uh, blind uh, state, in in what she would consider a handicapped state. Right now, I don't I don't think he was. He just couldn't see. But I have a feeling he was cared for as though he was he was you know less than, and that really bothered him. So she hears what's going on. Now was she being deceptive? I have no idea. I mean, this, the plan is deceptive, absolutely. But I don't know if it was just a lack of awareness as to how close she was. I mean, clearly Isaac couldn't see her, so he had no idea where she was, and Esau wasn't aware of it either. So she hears what's going on. She calls in Jacob. She goes, now, listen, you need to do exactly what I tell you. So we have two parents that have been playing favorites their whole lives with the two sons. 
one who had a had a quote word from God that he was going to rule the family. And the other who had a father with a promise and a covenant from God who wanted who wanted to give the blessing to the firstborn son because that's what you're supposed to do. And and although I I you know people people debate this I don't know if Jacob knew about the the promise from God regarding Jacob. Or yeah, I don't I don't know if Isaac sorry knew the promise of Jacob from God. There's there's you can debate that because it's really it looks as though the conversation happened between you know God and Rebecca. So whether or not she shared that with Jacob at this point we don't know. We don't know. I think she I think she did. I think Jacob knew but I don't think he took it as a as an absolute from God. And this goes down to the sovereignty of God. And we've talked about this many times on, on the Epic Narrative. My filter on the sovereignty of God is God knows every possibility and every ramification of those possible choices, and his goodness is always there. So yes, I think that if this had gone through, and I'm going to assume most of you already know how this story ends, if this had gone through the way Isaac was planning, I don't think God would have been out of a plan. Like, oh no, I got to kill everybody and start over on a new planet. I think he would have been okay because God is good and he's good all through time. And we can make any choice we want and none of it is going to thwart his goodness. None of it's going to destroy his blessings. So Rebecca calls in Jacob. She's like, okay, your dad's, you know, put together this plan. I have a plan. We're going to we're going to intercept the blessing. So uh, let's see. Let me look at my notes. Why did Esau choose Jacob? Or yeah, why why choose Esau over Jacob? That's what I want to say. Why? Well, as I did, as I said already, God already predicted that Jacob was going to rule. I think Isaac wanted a powerful hunter. I think he wanted a powerful man. I think he wanted somebody who could be out front and take the hit. He could move the family further faster. He knew that Esau was going to, you know, have multiple wives and multiple families because he already did have multiple wives and multiple children. So he looks at Jacob. Jacob's still single. Jacob isn't doing any. Jacob, you know, his mother doesn't want him to marry anybody from the local tribes. So I think Isaac's looking around going, this is the guy I want to lead the family. And I'm the one with the promise from God. I'm the one who had the covenant that was passed down from Abraham. I want Esau to run this family. I think Rebecca, she knows God's, God's prediction as well. She knows that God said, listen, these two nations inside of you cannot coexist. They have two different, like, uh, I don't know if you remember that episode, but God said, listen, there's two nations. There's two ide ideologies. There's two completely different paradigms of life going on inside of you. And one cannot exist with the other in, in that, you know, close proximity. They are constantly going to be at battle. Not that they're constantly going to be beating each other up. It's the idea that they're constantly going to be in competition for who whose ideas get implemented. So her plan 
in essence, is to help God's prediction happen. And that's, you know, that's an easy thing for everybody to fall into. You hear or believe that God wants something done, and you believe God's, you know, going to come through, but then you think, well, he might need a little help. Like, I know God wants to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in a complete blank. Anyways, it's easy to get in the way. <laughs> Bob's in there going, talk about jobs. Talk about uh, children. Talk about, I know, I know, I know, I know. I could have talked about all that. I, I just, in the moment, I was, I just drew a blank. But children's a good one, right? You know that yet you are destined to be a, a father, right? So then you you go ahead and start making babies long before you're supposed to. Just because you're like, no, I know God has his plan. Or sometimes ministries will get, you know, really believe that God wants them to build a new building. And and internally, they're conflicted. Like, do we build a new building before we have resources or do we borrow all the money and build a building anyways because God said build? Like, that's a tough call to make. And Rebecca had a tough call to make here. She's sitting there and she has to go, all right, Isaac's trying to get in the way of God's prediction. I know what God's plan is for my son. And if I don't make something happen, he's going to lose out on the blessing. The birthright was awesome, but without the blessing, we're, we're sunk. Isaac, or Esau ends up with all the goods, and Jacob ends up with all the work. And, and blessings back then were not just like, nice things that you'd say to your children about what you hope the Lord would do. There was there was a lot of belief and a lot of faith in the words of the blessing and people that heard the blessing put you know honor on it. So if if the father says, "Listen, you your your children are going to serve their children," like that meant something. That meant that you would allow you you in essence would step into that blessing. You'd step into that that prediction, you didn't fight it. So Rebecca knew, I gotta, I gotta step in here. Or well, she thought she did. I don't think she had to. I think she chose to, which is fine. Her plan. Her plan was get Jacob to be a deceiver. So she goes, go out to the go out to the flock. Two choice goats. Uh, I'll prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. <laughs> she knew. See, that's why I think she was she was uh put him on a for me like a low calorie diet. Like he she's like I'll do it the way he likes it. Like I'm going to not I'm not going to cut all the fat off. I'm going to rub it down with salt. I'm going to rub it down with garlic. I'm going to rub it down with, you know, with onions. I'm going to do it the way he likes it. And then uh and then Take it to your father to eat, so he may give you the blessing before he dies. Now, now Jacob, Jacob, he has some resistance, right? Which makes sense. He has some some spiritual concerns. He had some logistical concerns. Like, what's going to happen to me if I go in there tricking him? I'm going to bring down a curse on me. And you know, logistically, my brother Esau is a hairy man. And I have really smooth skin. And his mother takes all the responsibility. She's like, fine, let the curse fall on me. I'll take all the responsibility for your, for whatever God wants to pour out on you. 
Let it all come to me. I will cover you. Now, I don't know if you can really do that. Uh, I do think that as a as a as a you know authority in someone's life, you do have the opportunity to stand in the gap for people or to take the you know take some of the the brunt of the results of their choices. But I don't know if God really operates that way. But I understand you know the mom the mom wants to she knows in essence we got to move on this quickly. I can't have you resisting, and his resistance is legitimate. Right, logistically, obviously, the hairy part is ridiculous, and the spiritual one, like I'm going to bring down a curse on myself rather than like we're gonna we're gonna reverse this. This is not going to work for me. So he went out and he got the goats. Verse 14. He brought them to his mother. She prepared the tasty food. Rebecca took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had had in the house, and she put them on her younger son. I don't know if these two guys were the same size. Like you get in your head, uh, for me, kind of like a Thor and and uh, Loki type of look. Like Jacob's kind of the the lean one, you know. Esau's the big burly one. But we don't know that to be true. They could have both been the same size. This is more about ideology and paradigms of life being so different, not necessarily the physical appearance, other than the hair, which was legitimately different, big time different. And they smelled different. Why? Because they spent time in different places. We see later Esau smelled like the open field. He smelled like fresh air and dirt and dust and probably some sweat and a little dry blood. He smelled like sheep and maybe a little bit of manure. And Jacob... Jacob smelled more like the tents. He smelled more like probably smoke and uh and and seasonings he smelled like like wine and dates and figs not not you know pretty and and ugly those two but just different they smelled different because they hung out in different places this is what i find fascinating right she covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with goat skins like that's the level of hairiness that Esau had. Let that soak in. If you've ever been to a petting zoo and you've, you know, the, the, the goats come over, right, and they bump against you and you push against their head and they push back and they're so cute and adorable and you pet them. When you're petting a goat, you are literally touching the same, you know, uh, quality of hair, <laughs> That was found on Esau. This is absolutely out of out of your mind. This is so much hair. This is so much hair. She puts it on the back of his hands and on the back of his neck. And then he, she puts on this big overcloak, so to speak, this the big tunic over the top of everything so that he smells like Esau. She's like, now you feel like Esau. You smell like Esau. Now bring the food in. Now, Jacob at this point had made the decision to go all in. He was he was not going to back down from this. This is now where, where, you know, this is his destiny. He is not, uh, yeah, anyways. Once, once he crossed that threshold, once he stepped into that tent, he knew that this, I'm all in. Like, I can't pretend I'm not. So he walks in. And the father says, uh, he says, my father, and and. Isaac replies, yes, my son. Then he says, wait, who is that? Because even though they sound similar, they don't sound exact. I have, I have four boys, or three boys. 
plus myself. That's what I was thinking. And all of them to me sound similar to me. Like when I, when I hear them on a recording or when I, you know, when they leave me a voicemail or something and I think, wow, that guy sounds, I do, we do sound a lot alike, a lot alike. And two of the brothers sound almost identical, but not quite. But if people who aren't around them hear them, you know, like I'm thinking of like when they call their grandmother who they haven't talked to in a month. And if they call, sometimes she's like, wait, is it, oh, who's, who's this? Right. They sound that similar. So I, I think they sound similar, but not that, but not exact. And so Esau has that question in his mind. Wait, who is this? He goes, I am, I am Esau. Your firstborn. I've done as you've told me. Please sit, eat, get some of my games so you can give me the blessing. He's like, let's do this fast. Like, oh, the, the food's great. The, the, you know, everything turned out perfect. Uh, I can't wait for you to have some. Let's eat right now. And Isaac says to Jacob, why don't you come close to me so I can know whether or not you're really my son? See, there's there's a clear question, which is fascinating to me. The father who's blind. Now, he's blind, right? So his confidence is fairly low, at this, uh, generally speaking, which is one of the reasons why I think he initiated this whole uh, let, let me give Esau the blessing thing. Like his confidence is low and he's thinking, well, it could be Esau. It might not be Esau. It could be a servant trying to trick me. I don't know what's going on. He doesn't have, like I said, that confidence in, 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 uh, his decision-making ability at this point. So he's like, come here close. Let me touch you. Cause there's only one way I can really know for sure who you are, because we all know that boy is hairy. <laughs> There, did you hear me take a sip of coffee? I needed that. All right. So Jacob went close, verse 22, and the father touched him. He goes, your voice is the voice of Jacob, but your hands are the hands of Esau. Are you kidding me? You literally petted a goat, and you're like, no, that's definitely Esau. Holy smokalokies. That, that part is just amazing to me. One of the most amazing verses that I think of the Bible, just because I've I've never seen a man that hairy. I've never seen a man that hairy. I've seen I've seen some, you know, I've seen some hairy men in my day. <laughs> it's true, because I do a lot of swimming. <clears throat> so I've seen lots of people at the pool, uh, you know, in, in the locker rooms, and I think, wow, that's a lot of hair. But I've never looked at a man and thought, Hmm. He looks like goat skin. Goat skin? No way. Never seen that much hair. <clears throat> Never in my life. So, there you go. He he pets him. <laughs> Literally pets him. I'm sure Jacob's thinking, I hope this works. I hope this works because I am I am in deep trouble with God if this doesn't work. And Jacob, uh, so he did. Verse 23, he's like, your hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him. In other words, he couldn't see him for the hands were hairy like those of Jacob, uh, of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. And then he goes, are you really my son Esau? I am. All right, well then bring me the bring me the food. Like come close, bring me the big plate of platter of food, big plate of food, whatever. Uh, I will give you my blessing. And he brought him 
brought it into him and he brought him some wine and they drank and they started laughing. And I get the sense that about five or six bites in and a few sips of wine in, Jacob goes, come here, my son, kiss me. I, uh, Isaac says that, sorry, Isaac. Isaac says, come here, my son, let me kiss you. And Jacob's thinking, oh, oh, like, oh. So like in the movie in my head, I think Jacob and he, you know, is feeling like this plan's going good. I'm going to get the blessings from God. And I think he said something, probably phrased it in a way that sounds like Jacob. And he, and I kind of picture this like catch in his, in his heart, like, oh no, Esau would have never used that word. Right? He has that, oh no moment. And the dad's like, hmm, interesting. Come here, my son. Let me kiss you. <laughs> oh, okay. So he leans in and he kisses him. And it says, so when he kissed them, Isaac caught the smell of the clothes and he blessed him and said, ah, oh, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field of the Lord that the Lord is blessed. Now, when he kissed him, the culture would have said uh, definitely, and the oral traditions is he grabbed the back of his neck, which is where Rebecca had put the other piece of goat skin. He grabbed the back of the neck, so the you know the hair was probably tied up in a turban. He grabs the back of the neck, which should have been smooth if it was Jacob, and it's goat skin again. That's the kind of hair that Esau had. Just blows my mind. Blows my mind. So he gives him the blessing. May God's, may you know, may God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches, abundance of grain and new wine. Nations serve you. People bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers. May the may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed. May those who bless you be blessed. And after Isaac had finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. And again, uh, you know that idea of like as one is leaving, one is coming. Like it's. It's literally the idea of one going out of, out of one side of the tent and, and the other one coming in the other. Esau had gone out and quickly found game. Now remember when, when I, don't, I don't know if I read this part, but Jacob came in with the food. Isaac's like, wow, that was fast. And Jacob pulls God into the deception, which I, I, I tongue-in-cheek say, if you're going to lie, make sure God's a part of it because then no one will question your lie. So Jacob had lied and said, yeah, God God gave me great success. Boom, bada boom, bada bing. Esau actually had gotten great success, but he had to cook all the food himself. He didn't have help by the servants and his mother doing all the work. So he's like, you know, he had prepared some tasty food. He brought it into his father. He said, my father, please sit up, eat some game, and you may give me the blessing. And Isaac's like, who are you? I'm your son. Your firstborn, Esau. Key, key verse, I think, verse 23, one of the key verses. Isaac trembled violently. And he said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. That verse to me shows you is, is a verse of repentance on the, on the heart of Isaac. Isaac looks up, well, I, I know he's blind. Isaac understands, I was deceived. But he also understands, I was trying to go against God's plan. 
I really was against God's plan. I think he downplayed the prediction that um, Rebecca had told him over the years. I think I think he just kind of uh, was hoping that it was a suggestion from God and that he, he would have the opportunity to actually choose who leads the family. So he gives this massive blessing to Jacob, basically gives it all to him. And when Esau shows up, and he realizes he had been deceived. He wasn't necessarily upset. I mean, I'm sure he was upset. But this to me, this whole idea of I blessed him and he indeed will be blessed. I think that trembling violently is that internal trembling. The, the language is very intense. It's more than just an anger. It's, it's repentance. It's like, wow, I, I went about this. I'm, I'm, I'm. I was deceptive. Like he's owning that. And he's releasing to Esau the idea that, listen, what I did, I did. And and there's no turning back. Like, and I'm not going to try and reverse it. See, I don't think, I think if he wasn't repentance, I think it was just pure anger. He would have, he would have called out Rebecca. He would have called out Jacob. He would have said, they are deceitful, lying, horrible people. I will bless you. I will make sure that you get these things. He doesn't respond that way. He responds by by repositioning his his uh, perspective on this, and he says, "Wow, all right, the blessing went to your brother, and I blessed I blessed his socks off, and he's going to be blessed." And when Esau hears these words, he bursts out in a loud, bitter cry and says, "Bless me too, father." He said, "Well, your brother came deceitfully." And took your blessing. Like I, I understand why you're upset. Your brother was, you know, was deceitful. But he took your blessing. There's no, like, I'm, I'm not taking it back from him. And I think that again goes back to those, the previous, a couple of verses uh, previously. Jacob is just sitting there, going, "Yeah, I'm not going against what happened. I'm not going to pretend that, that, you know, that what I did was right." I was being as deceitful as Jacob was. I was trying to circumvent God's plan and it didn't work. I'm not going to fight it anymore. So Esau, his response to his father's uh, uh, interaction is he is rightfully named Jacob. He's, you know, he's a heel grabber. He's, he's somebody who's uh, deceitful. This is the second time he took advantage of me. He took my birthright, and now he's taking my blessing. No, Esau, he didn't take your birthright. You gave it to him for a bowl of soup because you were tired of him asking for it. You were hangry, and you were, you know, in essence, uh, only focused on the moment, which is the paradigm in which you live life. And now, yes, he did take your blessing, <laughs> but it wasn't yours. It was supposed to go to Jacob. Now, did he take it deceitfully? Yes. We cannot, you know, there's no, there's, to me, there's no making this look pretty. There are people who, who look at this and say, well, you know, Rebecca was justified because she knew the word of the Lord and she was following the will of God and God's will is sovereign. And I'm just like, no, no, and no, you don't. God's will is not for you to be deceitful. God's will doesn't need you to lie and cheat and, and be deceptive in order for it to happen. And if it does, it's not God's will. Well, Bob, what would have happened? I don't know. 
I don't know, but God's goodness is here anyways. Despite all the deceit that was going on in this this whole circumstance, this whole chapter, despite all of that, God's goodness is still there. And the blessing ended up going where it was supposed to go. I do not think God orchestrated this. He doesn't orchestrate deceit. He doesn't even know what deceit is. It literally doesn't exist in the in the in the realm in which we came from, in the in going back to creation, out of the beginning of light and love and hope and joy and peace. There is no deceit that was part of that creation. There's no deceit that's a part of God. And you can't use deceit and say, This is God's will. God has God has willed this. No. No, 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 no. All right. You made your point, Bob. Thank you. I'll move on. Isaac sees no uh, repentance in Esau, right? Esau is just angry. He goes, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Did you hold anything back? He's like, no, I made him Lord over you. I have made all his relatives his servants. I have sustained him with grain and new wine so that I... What can I possibly do for you? Again, no repentance. Esau says, do you only have one blessings? Bless me too. And Esau wept aloud. Like he's just wiped out his whole life. He was preparing to own everything. He had told his wives and his children, I'm going to own all this. Don't listen to your uncle Jacob. I've got this. Dad's on my side. My All his plans were here. And they all came crashing down. And instead of just saying, wow, I'm going to go with this. Wow, Lord, uh, you know, I tried. I shouldn't have. He, he pushes back. So Isaac does, you know, he's a, he's a father. He loves Esau. He's loved Esau more than Jacob his whole life. That was, you know, several episodes ago. But he's, you know, they he favored him. So he does give him a blessing. But it's, you know, it's more like a... It's it's not it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not pretty. He says your dwelling place will be away from the earth's riches, away from the dew and the heavens above. So basically you're going to you're going to kind of live in a deserted desert area. You'll live by the sword, you'll serve your brother, but when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke off from you. So he basically says, "Listen, you're you're gonna be who you are. You're gonna be a wanderer, not a wanderer. You're gonna you're gonna live in the, in the wild, in hard places. You're gonna you're gonna live by the sword. You're going to live in the moment. You're gonna be you know you're gonna be good at it. But there's gonna be a sense of uh, a lack of peace in your life just because of the way that you live life. You're not you know you're not a good negotiator. You're not somebody who tries to work out treaties and trade agreements." But in the end, you're probably just going to separate from your brother, and and that'll be that. You're going to serve him, but ultimately, you're going to live separate lives. And Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing of the father had given him. And he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. And when he dies, I will kill my brother. Very dramatic Again, a complete lack of repentance. No, even not even honoring of what his father had done. Like there's no honor of his father here. He didn't just, like he could have even had the perspective of, I really want a blessing, 
but I, I respect and honor what you've already done. He didn't even have that. It was pure self-focused, but that is the paradigm he lives by. It was pure res responding or reactions, I should say, to the moment. And that, again, was Esau's general paradigm of life. He reacted to things and didn't worry about the ramifications of, of the choice. React first, you know, pick up the pieces later. And we're going to pick up this story next week on the Epic Narrative. I hope you enjoy your day, everyone. Don't go anywhere. We've got Bob Thoughts. <laughs> well, everyone, here we are. We have made it to Texas. Those of you that are following along on the life of Bob and Lori, we are in Texas and should be here, we think, for at least six months. Really wanted to try and get south for the winter. We're not like in South Texas, so we will probably hit some cold weather throughout the winter, but we shouldn't have to shovel anything, which for me is such a beautiful word. No shoveling. Okay, that's two words. Yes, glory. Glory adios. Uh, I'll keep you updated on other things, but we just got here yesterday and we're still setting things up around the camp. Uh, we will, we'll, we'll eventually get it all set up, but there have been things that have been in storage for eight months, knowing that someday we might be parked somewhere long enough to pull it out and put it up. Things like, you know, little lights and, and little, uh, little seating areas and, and canopies and, hammocks and that sort of thing so we'll see how it goes <clears throat> but thoughts about today's episode <clears throat> i don't i don't mention in the today's episode this is why this is why i wanted to, to hit it now i appreciate these opportunities to do these thoughts afterwards because i thought i never told anybody how old jacob and esau were when when jacob stole the blessing and he did steal it right i know i know god was going to give it to him and I don't think God needed his help. I think I make that clear during the episode. He didn't need Rachel to, uh, to come up with a, or Rebecca's help to come up with a plan to deceive uh, Ishmael and all that stuff. But, but they did, and he ended up with it. Now, these brothers, they're at the very, at the young end, they're 60. At the old end, they're about 70. Now, this is insane to me. This is how old these two guys are, and they're still vying, attempting to get the blessing from, from their dad, to get the money. And you'd think that's crazy, but it's not. It's not, because you, if you've lived long enough, you've been around families when the, the money starts getting distributed, when the, when the estate gets divided. I've been around wealthy people when this happens, and I've been around Poor people when this happens, and they're both the same. There are people, there are family members that are just like, I, I want it, I wanted that. No, they told me I could have the silver. No, no, they told me I could have those. Those are worth money. Hey, hey, don't get rid of those. Those are worth money. I, I All right, fine, I'll take them. And I, I mean, oh man, it just goes on and on. I know family members that have stopped talking to each other because, well, they took they took the china and and I was supposed to get the china. Well, it says in the will that they get the china. Yeah, well, dad told me that 
he meant to change that. Like it just, it, it just, it gets honestly, it gets insane. It gets insane. And so, the fact that these guys are anywhere from sixty to seventy years old, and Dad pulls one of them in, says, "Listen, I'm going to give out the blessing," and he's like, "Awesome." Now Esau, it's whatever. Like he's sixty to seventy years old. Sixty to seventy years old. He's out there shooting stuff, hunting game like a like a like a young man. And and Jacob is running running the family business and has been since he, in essence, got the birthright. You could say he stole the birthright. I mean, he wanted the birthright. Esau gave him the birthright. Um, but he probably did that in his late teens. So he's pretty much been running things for 50, 60 years. So the the right to all the estate. I'm sure in his head, just makes sense. Esau's been around, but he hasn't run things because he doesn't own the birthright. Jacob's looking at this going, of course I should get it all. I mean, he didn't He didn't want to deceive his father. He didn't want to, sorry, check that, right? He didn't want to get caught deceiving his father, but he went in with it because he believed it's the right thing. I deserve, I deserve the birthright. I'm doing all the work. It's 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 one of those things. It's one of those things that we have to be mindful of as we read these stories. How old these guys were and how long they've been waiting for this to happen. Esau on the flip side is thinking, Dad always said I get it. Dad always said I get it. I believe Dad. I'll I'll, you know, Jacob will work for me, but I'll get all the money. Like he didn't probably plan on kicking Jacob out of the house. He wanted Jacob to run everything. He didn't want to run it. He just wanted the money. And I'm sure he had good plans for it. I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think Esau's an idiot. You we'll we'll pick that up later. I mean, he he runs his family. He has a huge tribe of people out in the wilderness. And he and he takes care of them quite well. So he's not stupid. But man, he wanted that he wanted that money. And so did Jacob. And here they are between 60 to 70 years old, they're still fighting over it. I just want to encourage you, if you've got an estate coming up, if you know that your parents are, your, you know, is, are going to pass soon, or maybe you're in the middle of something, I'm going, to, I'm going to encourage you, make the decision to have relationship over the money. You'll be blessed far longer, and, and the relationship will be actually far more valuable for you in the long run. Please don't just beat each other up over the finances. And, and if you think you deserve it, you have the right for it, I would recommend that you bring that to God and you just say, God, you're going to have to fight for me because I'm not, I'm not going to. If you wanted me to have what you and I both know mom or dad told me I should have, then you're going to have to work that out because it's not up to me. I'm going to choose relationship. I, I trust me, you'll be far richer for it. You'll be far richer for it. Maybe not financially, but your, your spirit, your soul will be far richer for it. All right, everyone. I love you. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great day. Look forward to next week on The Epic Narrative.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast on any platform you use. You can also reach out to Bob for questions or booking at thebobswitzer.com or email him at thebobswitzer at gmail.com. See you next week, guys. Bye.